G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. This is a, an important conversation because at a time when fear, confusion, panic and irrational behaviour are a real and present dangers sweeping across the world, let's talk about the substance of faith and hope in God when a crisis comes. Of course, we and the mainstream media have been reporting the essential information on the COVID-19 pandemic, but along with the serious ramifications of the virus is another epidemic. I'm talking about fear. Fear has the potential to cripple the lives of millions around the world and has also triggered a global financial crisis which may get worse before it gets better. Businesses are closing, workers laid off, maybe you are one of those, and we may soon see the risk even of crime rates rising under increasing desperation. Well, as a Christian believer, we may be asking the question, has this virus caught God by surprise? And a simple answer would, of course, be no. In essence, one of the themes of Christianity is that in humanity's desperation, the light of God shines brightest. The response of Christian believers will be important, though, over coming days. The people of God should be a part of the answer, raising a voice of faith, of reason, and of hope. So, getting underway with the conversation this hour, joining us for that conversation uh, for his impressions on a Christian response to COVID-19, Robin Johnson, the founder of the ministry Beyond Here and the initiative of A Million Praying Men. Uh, Robin Johnson, a special welcome along to 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil, and good morning to your listeners. Great to be with you. Robin, let's start just with, uh, I think, a simple scripture And, of course, there are lots of themes through the whole of Scripture, but there's a wonderful proverb that you've been drawing some attention to. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxious fear brings depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. Uh, That's from the Passion Translation in in the... uh, the scriptures, Proverbs twelve twenty five. Uh, it is a good thing to be able to identify those scriptures that uh, that help us to thrive rather than be crushed under the pressure. Here, what are your thoughts for that particular scripture in Proverbs? Yeah, Neil, um, the the word of God is 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 full of wonderful promises, including this one, and uh, realizing that uh, I, I mean Proverbs is is the book of probabilities that. Anxious fear does bring depression, um, but we have a hope. And uh, what, what I thought this morning, if I could, um, as I've, I've thought about it this morning, I have a couple of scriptures that that we haven't addressed in our articles up to this point, um, but I think are really foundational to this morning, and that's Colossians 2.3, where Apostle Paul is writing, um, 
says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, of course, referring to Jesus. Um, that's, that's our foundation this morning. And I, and I thought of the words of Jesus that's recorded in John 14, 27, um, talking to the disciples, knowing that they were going to face a, a time of crisis. Jesus, of course, was going to find, face the greatest crisis of his own crucifixion. But he says these words to the disciples, and I think they're pertinent to us today. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my peace, my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And again, that was the Passion Translation. Yes, well, undoubtedly, I think over the coming hour, we may draw some attention significantly to the peace of God, because, in fact, there's some real depth in that word uh, that we might be able to unpack as we go, and listeners might even help us to unpack that of what it means to have the peace of God, because as Christian believers, Robin, and I know you'll appreciate and uh, perhaps be able to identify and uh, take us a little deeper here, but... As Christian believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, we carry a different dimension to the rest of the world that doesn't have this peace of God. Uh, What can you identify about this something extra that we carry because we are believers in Christ? Well, we, we, we carry heaven. I mean, we have been born again, which means that we have insight into the heavenly realms. Um, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Who is, who is the one. In fact, in the scripture I just read, the context of that scripture is the Holy Spirit coming. He said, I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And it's his coming that brings peace. Uh, Romans 4, uh, was it 14, 17, uh, for the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And obviously that is, that is unique to the Christian community. And therefore being unique to the Christian community we have the responsibility to to be a voice into our community that brings balance, not one that puts its head in the sound. Um, um, God forbid that we do that, but one that brings a voice of sensibility, one that can that can bring calm. Um, and uh, you know, I, I chuckled this morning. Let me t- quickly tell you this little story. I chuckled this morning. One of my daughters. Um, heard that I was on Vision Radio this morning, and uh, she sends me a text, and she just simply says, tell them to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will so take that word of encouragement. <laughs> Sorry, and, she... uh, she'd gone down to do some shopping, um, just to buy a few essentials for dinner tonight, and, uh, and she just saw the panic and the craziness, and just seeing this, this, this fear and panic that's in people. And the fear and panic, this is the thing that is so uh, obvious. And there are some sayings like uh, stay calm and carry on, uh, calm the farm, all sorts of things you'll hear around uh, your water cooler conversations or those conversations you might have over the fence. 
And those are encouraging sayings, uh, not biblical sayings, but encouraging sayings. Mm -hmm. But we can say them as Christian believers because they do reflect uh, what we'd understand as truth that comes from a scripture because there are hundreds of references throughout the Old and New Testament uh, saying fear not. So in some sense, when we actually do say keep calm and carry on, we're reflecting a biblical response. And yet some people who are not coming from a Christian foundation uh, using those saying, well, that's that's all that's necessary. A, a few nice pithy sayings in here that will help people to be calm. But there's some sort of thing with this fear that goes a little bit deeper. It's a deeper fear. And it's it's, it's exacerbated by media reporting. Uh, what are your thoughts on how this fear is being generated, Robin? Um, and it is, I mean, again, uh, we, we're a part of the media and what we're doing this morning, obviously. But I think that somehow we've, we've got to find a, a sense uh, or a voice of sense. I mean, I watched, and I won't mention her, obviously, I was watching something yesterday morning in passing, um, and they were reporting some facts, and the facts were accurate and true, and, you know, we're, we're supposed to do that. And at the same time, saying, well, look, don't panic. They're then talking about all the things that are happening in supermarkets. Don't panic. And almost in the next breath, the, the reporter says, oh, well, we've got... This number, I think it was 300 and something, whatever it was yesterday morning, um, and then comes out with this outrageous statement that somebody has said that by April or whatever else, we're into the tens of thousands of thousands. So one breath is saying, don't panic. The very next breath is telling us this exponential increase, which at the worst scenario may happen. But that's not what we're looking for. Our government and people are trying to do wise things to to cut back the spread. And so you can't tell people not to panic in one breath and then throw out these outlandish figures that we don't know are going to be true or not. So what needs to happen within the heart of the Christian believer is to be able to dig deep, uh, to draw on the depths of the well within and uh, to recognise that there is something that is within us uh, that can overcome the sort of fear that we might see represented in media reports. Uh, so digging deep or the, you know, yeah. the wells of God and his uh, presence within us, this is a starting point, isn't it, Robin? Oh, it is. And, and, and our life and our testimony goes a long way to that, that the people that we're in association with, um, that we need to be speaking into their life and bringing some balance for them especially those who don't know the Lord. Um, in the article we released, we, we talked about the Christian community being a voice to the world, as we always must be, but especially at these times, and to be a voice of hope, a voice of balance and wisdom, um, not perpetuates unreasonable fear or irrational behavior. Um, we also need to be a voice, not just say we'll calm down, um, we, we need to show why. And the why is that we need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. It's, it's that personal relationship that with Jesus is, is going to be our shelter. I mean, running into his name, not just knowing about him, but having a relationship with him. And so we continue to spread the, 
what we call the good news of the kingdom of God. The, the very reason that Vision Radio exists is <laughs> um, the second voice. And the third voice, of course, is our voice as the people of faith, the community of faith across our nation, bring our voice before the throne of God. Because we serve a God who hears, who listens, and answers prayer. And we need to stand in the gap and intercede for our nation and those that are gripped by fear, calling on all of heaven's resources at, at this time of crisis. I mentioned in the introduction, has this virus caught God by surprise and gave the simple answer, the answer, no. But let's just dwell on this for a few moments here because some people have that question, don't they? Uh, you know, yes, is this do. a virus that's from God or uh, somehow rather God can't be in control because a virus is sweeping the face of the earth and potentially many, many lives could be lost? Uh, has this virus caught God by surprise? What are your responses here? Um, well, definitely not. Um, I don't want to be... I don't just throw away lines that want to be too simplistic. Sometimes the simple answers do say it. Um, you know, the Bible says that God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And I think a part of that is saying is, is, is life goes on. Life happens. We, we live in a, um, a world that is um, broken by sin. We live amongst people whose lives are, uh, are, are broken because of sin, um, and that's, I'm not saying that in a judgmental sense. We were all like that. I was like that. Um, I, I was a very, very good sinner. Um, and I don't mean good in the sense of good behavior. I mean, I was, I, I, I was really a sinner <laughs> before I came to Christ. Um, I sinned well, I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm not saying this in a judgmental sense, but we're, we're disconnected from the Lord. Um, but life will go on, and we live in a, a, a time where, where the world exists. God has given us life, and God has given us a responsibility to live that life. But God does not send these viruses. Um, I, I haven't heard, and I hope that there's not, um, because often we find when there's a crisis, there'll someone come out and say, see, it's God, he's angry, he's now bringing judgment um, we know the Bible talks about judgment. There will be a day where we stand before Christ and, and there will be a day of judgment. But right now, we're living in a season, we're living in a time called the time of salvation. God has put his judgment upon Jesus Christ when he died upon that cross. Take away the judgment from my life, from the listeners that are, that are listening to us this morning, whether they're saved or unsaved, the opportunity for God's judgment to be activated or deactivated, we could say, in their life, is right now, because Jesus took the punishment. And so we're free from that curse of sin. We're free from that judgment. And we're living in a day where God is giving man the opportunity. And again, that's why I'm saying the voice of the church needs to be heard. Not one about an angry God, but a God who is a God of uh, a good God. That's his essential intrinsic nature god is good and out of that flows his love for mankind 
Robin, we are reminded, aren't we, when there is a sense of desperation that is coming upon people, and uh, we're talking globally here, but we're reminded of our mortality when we're hearing of the potential threat. This reminder of our mortality is something I think probably Christians are more mindful than people who are outside the church because they're very easily distracted by all sorts of entertainment and other distractions that try to take you away from a recognition of the need of humanity and the mortality, the fact that one day we'll all die. And as Christians, we know that, you know, we'll, one day we're all going to die and we're going to stand before God. Uh, not everybody thinks that, knows that, has that perception. But, but there is a certain sense here in which uh, this is a definite reminder. Uh, that there is a God and that there is an eternity. And when we're reminded that we may well actually be on the brink of perhaps our last days or last years, uh, that's an important issue. Oh, it is. You know, I mean, we say to people, I mean, if, if you were to die today, where would you go? You know, will you go to heaven or, or will you go to hell? I mean, where will you go? And again, that's the essence of the gospel that God has made a way. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear what happens after death because we've encountered Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, I, I said to a young man yesterday, and I, I guess he'd... Um, and a young man who was, who, who was seriously worried um, and trying to, trying to run a business, uh, but seriously worried about what was happening. Um, and I said to him, um, I said, well, at the end of the day, I said, you know, we've put our trust in God. We're, we're believers in Jesus Christ, and, and we're trusting him. And I said, well, let, let, let me take it to the, to the, to the extreme, to the, to the very worst scenario. If we die as, as believers, the worst thing that can happen to us, um, well, I said, sorry, the worst thing that can happen to us is, is die. But if we die, we go to heaven. Um, and uh, he, he had, you know, young man with no church understanding and background. He was struggling to get his head around that concept. But I was trying to sow a seed into his life that, you know, we're, that there is hope. Um, we are mortal beings, each one of us. But for Christians, and I guess the, the bulk of our audience this morning are, are believers, that we don't fear because our trust is in God, who has redeemed us, and who has made a place for us. And if, if we're secure in that belief, then we're able to speak confidently into the lives of people who don't have that confidence. We are able to approach fear in a different way because we have hope in God. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Robin Johnson is our guest this hour, founder of the ministry Beyond Here. He's an author. He also is the initiator of A Million Praying Men. And I want to invite you to join in our conversation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Simple response today about your feelings about the fear that may be gripping your own community, 
the fears that you might recognize even with your, within your own church or perhaps uh, you've got a different impression that your church is approaching the coronavirus crisis uh, on a foundation of faith. You might like to comment on the idea of there being opportunity created uh, to be a light that shines in the darkness when this sort of fear grips an entire community, indeed grips the whole world. You might have your own thoughts on what happens if you lose your job, uh, if you can't pay your mortgage, if the crime rate in your community begins to rise because desperate people are in whatever way looking to make uh, different uh, decisions about how they look after their family. So 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today because we're talking about approaching an issue like this which is fearful for many from a position of faith. Robin Johnson, this is one of the foundations here. If we're going to talk about a people who have a different dimension to them. It's going to start in our relationship with God. And in that relationship with God, perhaps the best way to illustrate how that happens is going to be through the life of prayer, the life of our communication with God. Uh, You're saying that prayer must be a priority for believers who are facing times that are fearful. Um, I mean, in fact, as you and I know, prayer should be a priority for our life, whether whether it's the time of crisis or not. Um, and, that, and that's one of the reasons behind um, raising up a million praying men um, and uh, getting men to pray, um, along with the women who, who, who lead the way in both situations in prayer. Um, and, and it's good to pray in crisis, but we, we want people to learn to pray um, intentionally and consistently. Um, and when it comes to time of crisis, well, if you like, we have a certain confidence already built up, knowing that we serve a God who answers prayer. And again, this is this is this is the realm of the kingdom of God. This is the realm of of I use the word mystery. The Apostle Paul used it often in reference to Christ, but this is the great mystery that. You know, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Philippians 4, verse 6 and verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, other translations says understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a miraculous dimension that you and I Neil and our listeners today as believers, we live in that miraculous dimension. This is what I was talking about a little earlier. What is this dimension of our lives as Christian believers which gives us the capacity to be able to face fear in a different way? And uh, I love that scripture you're quoting, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Let me just read it again for listeners. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the next verse is so, so powerful. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is so powerful, Robin. Uh, I love that scripture, and it's so meaningful when we are now finding ourselves up against a fearful situation. And this is, as you say, when you've had that time of prayer, when you are connected with God, there's something in the confidence that you have to be able to approach the situations of life that become so real when the crisis hits. And that, for so many, is hitting now or is about to hit soon. So those are very encouraging words, aren't they? Oh, they are. And, it, and it's twofold. I mean, I guess we can say that covers ourselves, and we understand. Um, but the Bible is clear and instructs us, in fact, commands us, that, uh, that we are to pray for all people, um, including our governments. Um, as in First Peter 2, 1, Paul writes, uh, again, I read from the Passion Translation, Most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God, praying for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. And so we're not, this is not about selfish praying. This is not, oh God, you know, bless me, mine, my cat, my dog, and and those that I love. Um, And you can pray that if you really, you know, (laughs) and we do every day. I mean, we bless our family members every day. But that's not our sole prayer. That's not our own focus. We're called. As, as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ to stand in the gap for the world and for those around us that, that don't have the means to hold on at this point in time. That there will be an opportunity to pray for them and uh, that uh, their eyes will be opened um, and be able to receive the, 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 the truth that, that God is in control. He's a God that answers prayer. Wow, you're uh, you're indicating something so amazing here, and I'll uh, invite listeners to have their own comment. But when we're in prayer, we're actually participating in a higher calling because we're in the courts of the Lord, and the issues of the whole world are in our own prayer closet in that time when we have with God. Let's take a call. Our talk back line's open on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Renee, who's in Townsville in Queensland. Hello, Renee. Welcome along. Hello, hello, Neil. How are you going there? Good, Renee. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Well, I'm just a bit concerned. I am I'm a Christian, and of course I'm praying, and I know that God is in control. But just a little bit of concern that clearance certificates to go back to work are not being given only because doctors don't have the procedures in place to do so. The hospital where you go to the clinic for testing, they don't give you, um, they just say follow the flow chart and they're also not prepared to give you a clearance certificate. So on the other end of the line, I have the employer who's saying to me, you can't come back to work until you have a clearance certificate. And I'm saying, but they've already told me that there is no clearance certificate um, as they follow the procedures because it's still early days. They don't, they haven't been given authority to do that. So I'm co-chair at home and I'm just really concerned that I'm going to maybe lose the job. Renee, I can imagine that is a fear that you're facing and I don't know that we're going to be equipped to be able to give you advice when it comes to clearance certificates that come from your uh, medical uh, practitioner and uh, how that works with the processes in your workplace. 
But so far as the concerns that you have in your own heart, uh, that when these sorts of systems are not in place, uncertainty prevails and it makes us fearful about how things are unfolding in our own circumstances. I wonder, Robin, if you've got a, a thought or two for Renee. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, Neil, it's, it, it, no one knows the full knowledge and it's one person says this and the other says that um, and we've just got to try and work through that um, but can I say Renee can I just well actually can, can I be as bold as I say can I, can I pray for you it needs to be um, a quick prayer we're only a minute out from news but yes would you pray for Renee yeah. that would be wonderful thank you Robin Lord for Renee and, uh, and all our listeners that are, that are with us this morning that maybe have a sense of anxiety in this right now Father, I pray in Jesus' name that that anxiety will come down. Father, that your peace will overshadow these people and that you will work on their behalf. I ask for favor that the decisions that have to be made that are sensible and right will be made and they'll be made quickly. But we ask most of all that the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, will be the token that separates us from anxiety to live in a place of fear in Jesus' name. Renee, thank you so much for your call and uh, I know that other listeners will be in the same boat that you are and uh, and that prayer uh, for a good outcome in your circumstance too. Robin, as we get this part of our conversation underway, let's come back to this important element of prayer Mm -hmm. because if we're talking about this extra dimension that we have as Christians, the way we access this extra dimension really is going to be in our connection with God that happens through our prayers. Our prayers are really powerful. Our prayers are really important. I wonder if you've got any uh, sort of, is there a little short list of things that you would actually be including in your own prayers in a time like this? What are your thoughts? Neil, we've, uh, in in the articles that we've released, uh, we've put four, and obviously there's a lot more than that. But we've suggested that, number one, we pray um, that the spread of the virus will cease. Um, And uh, in the natural, that seems impossible, but but we serve a God who does the impossible, and he makes the impossible possible. So uh, part of our faith venture is, is praying that this virus will cease. But an important part of that is praying for healing, praying for healing for ourselves, um, praying for healing for for those who are affected by the virus. I mean, it is it is a virus, and there are all kinds of viruses in the world today. And 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 we pray for people. We see people healed of of, of viruses. We see he, people healed of all kinds of conditions um, because of the power that's in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, so this this virus isn't exempt from prayer. <laughs> it certainly needs. To and people who have it need to be prayed for when we're in a position and able to do that. Um, I, I recently came back from Malaysia right at the beginning of this month. Um, and again, a demonstration of the power of prayer. And in, in our first meeting, uh, a young mother brought a baby to me and said, can you pray for the, for the baby? It has a fever. Um, I, I don't always get shocked when I'm asked to pray for people, but this baby um, kind of freaked me out that I could feel the heat radiating from the baby, not just putting my hands on it. This child was so hot. I thought, this is, this is, this is dangerously hot fever. 
and we were in a situation where there wasn't medical facilities or any of the such like that we could quickly go to. And so I prayed in Jesus' name. Um, and then they went on with the meeting. Um, at the end of the meeting, I said, listen, I said, I need to know, please, where is the lady with the baby? And they said, why do you want to pray for it again? I said, well, how is the baby? And the mum stood up and walked towards the front, and she said, oh, my baby's fine, thanks. The fever's gone. Wow. So whether it's that baby with a fever or the people facing the coronavirus, um, the power that's in the name of Jesus is able to heal. And this is so, so significant. Uh, Of course, as we know, across the different dimensions of the Christian church, uh, different denominations, Mm -hmm. different people have different ideas about what to expect by way of the miraculous. But let me just reflect on my conversation yesterday uh, with Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyrs, who was relaying the story of a Chinese house church And, of course, as you know too, Robin, those house churches in China can be absolutely huge, and this one, like, half a million (laughs) strong, half a million. And the testimony was, and we've got no way of verifying it or anything like that, but Tony, as he was relaying it, saying that in this house church movement in China, where there's a half a million part of this one house church connection, uh, Mm -hmm. This uh, he's saying not one single person in that half million had contracted the coronavirus. Now, so there's no way of verifying it, but when we expect that there is going to be crisis by way of scale that we might be fearful about, we ought not to be expecting that somehow or other we're going to be under the pressure of the influence that somehow or other that the supernatural power of God can't intervene. This is the powerful thing here. When we have an opportunity to pray, we need to expect that God is going to move. What are your thoughts here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you don't believe that, don't pray. I mean, I know that's a silly thing to hear from a, a, a Christian minister. Yeah. But, if, but if you're not going to believe, don't pray. Because you're just throwing <laughs> words out into the air. We, we pray because we believe. And, and what's happening in China... Um, I, I don't have these things in front of me, I'm, so I'm doing it from memory, so, you know, please don't shoot the messenger. But um, there, there's cases throughout history where, where similar things have happened. Um, like I said, I, I think it was something to do with the ministry of John G. Lake in, in Africa, where, where there was a, um, a, a virus um, going through, people were dying, and uh, he was working amongst these people and not catching it. The medical people wanted to know why, and and basically said it's because of the power that's that's in me um, is greater than the power that's in in this virus. And I I believe that in one of the cities in the U.S. I think where the the ministry was based, um, and this this apparently is documented in the, the the newspapers of the day that that city was the healthiest city in the United States of America. Okay. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Stephen is on the line from Brisbane. Hi, Stephen. Welcome. Hi there, Neil. Um, Look, I think a lot of this is like um, the hype that's going on about the coronavirus is like the froth on the top of a cappuccino. Um, We haven't actually got to the coffee, and you see on morning news, and I'm not picking on a particular TV network, but they always say unconfirmed reports. To me, if it's not confirmed, don't put it to air. 
all that is is scaremongering. But having said that, be concerned, but not be, you know, um, be, take normal precautions, but don't go to uh, panic stations. It, it, to me, if you panic, you've already lost. Um, Stephen, you're raising some good points because the hype that comes uh, through media reporting and, look, I've got to say that journalists are all trying to do the best job they can And but when you get one report on back of another report and there's another report and all of these different dimensions that are covered, uh, eventually, while everyone's just trying to report the facts as best they can as the situation is developing and changing so rapidly, uh, what you get is uh, an effect that nobody intended but... Yes, there is a certain sense uh, that, uh, you know, panic can set in because fear is growing because it seems to be a bigger, bigger, bigger issue uh, than what each one of those individual journalists reporting on their particular dimension absolutely intended in the first place. Uh, But certainly the hype that comes and the fear that grows, uh, this is an important element. And I'll get a thought or two here from Robin Johnson because uh, this idea of hype and fear, uh, it's exacerbated the more we hear about it uh, and this is where we need to be discerning. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Robin? Um, well, I, well, I think you've covered it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like exponential um, uh, knowledge, which is building upon knowledge, um, which is intensifying the, the anxiety because it's, it's one report on top of another report, um, which really is the same report. And, and so again, this this um, anxiety, this this fear, um, is just exacerbated in, in within the community. Um, but thinking of that, um, the one who takes um, opportunity of man's weakness, the one that takes opportunity when we fear, is the enemy, is the devil. Um, and again, the Bible is clear that we we need to pray against his schemes. Um, the devil is a liar, Jesus said. He always has been, he was from the beginning, he always will be. And so he he lies, um, he propagates false information. And, and so, as you said, and, and I agree with you, that, you know, no one's going out of their way to, to be mischievous, um, but we don't want the wrong information being spread. And I don't think any journalist is deliberately going to try to do that, do the best that they can. Um, but again, we're again this is not a judgmental thing, but we're, we're talking about um, unredeemed people um, trying to do their best, um, and uh, they they will be con- controlled or dominated by their values of life, which may not be the same as our values, our kingdom values and the things that dictate our life. And so, you know, the, the world is going to do what the world does. But somehow we need to be able to pray into that, speak into that, to bring a, a voice of balance, to bring a voice, as it was, of the kingdom. Thank you so, so much. To Stephen, who's in Brisbane, uh, good insight to bring there. Uh, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take another call. Our good friend, Graham McLennan, in Orange in New South Wales. Graham, welcome along. Yes, good morning. Or is it good afternoon? No, still good morning for you people. In, still good morning. Uh, Queensland. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts, Graham? Uh, 
It's uh, one that uh, no doubt you'd have uh, some real ability to be able to contribute to and uh, with your profession in uh, dentistry and uh, your mm. wide understanding of things. Uh, what are your thoughts for uh, the idea of fear versus faith? Yeah, good morning, Graham. Good morning. Yeah, bless you. Uh, I, I trained, because I was a dentist and there were some doctors called up for the Vietnam War, we trained in the medical corps and uh, we're trained in seeing death and dying with medical situations and so on with choppers. But uh, I also held one of our little girls dead in my arms from a cot death. And so I, I, I've had first-hand experience really facing death in a lot of ways. And we need to accept the fact that we will die. I mean, it's a 100% chance. But the thing is that I, I've been reading just in the last couple of days, uh, Hebrews 11. And in Hebrews 11, of course, the famous chapter on faith, which is, opposes fear, really. So if we fill with faith, we won't have fear, I think, uh, is that it's mentioned 27 times. The word faith is mentioned 27 times in Hebrews 11 and goes from, of course, Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham right through to some of them like Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and Moses. And also, I always remember the words that, um, you know, when we haven't got time, because it, it says, you know, we haven't got time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jacob, Japheth, David and Samuel and all the prophets who conquered kingdoms and gained what was promised. And I think we need to see that we need to look to Jesus, the the author of our faith and the finisher of our faith. And that's, of course, in Hebrews 12. So it seems to me that um, we shouldn't grow weary or scared uh, or fearful. And the book does talk about the shaking of the heavens and the earth. And uh, we will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken uh, the, and we should be thankful and to worship God and be an heir of God because he is a consuming fire. And we've seen answered prayers through the drought, finally, and through the fires, finally. But, Lord, we think of um, the present situation, and I think God's in control. I do really believe God is in control and uh, he's using this because we're living in a wicked, wicked age. We're living in um, where an age where people are hostile to the to Christ and what he stands for, and yet he's died for each one of us. So I just think that we need to think positively, not negatively. We can be filled with negative thoughts. Just looking at this morning's news, there were the first 10 items were all negative about the coronavirus, you know, panic, you know, doom and gloom. And even in the Psalms, you know, it talks about overcoming <laughs> doom and gloom. Poor old David faced it numerous times, like in Psalm 31 <laughs> and 38. Graham, great thoughts in there. And uh, let's get a thought from Robin. Uh, You know, you've heard Graham and reflecting some fabulous things there. The idea of uh, faith and fear. If you expose yourself to constant fearful things, you may actually be more fearful than if you were exposing yourself to those things that build faith. What are your thoughts for Graham? Uh, Well said, Graham. And, uh, you know, let let, you talked about you know the evil world that we live in and, and the need of, of mankind needing Jesus Christ um, let's throw a word in I mean it's a generic word but let's throw a word in called revival and uh, one has to has to ask as you said Graham God is in control that uh, you know we, we're we're being primed we're being primed for revival and um, while we face you know all the negativity of this Again, I, I think we're we're on the verge of of um, of revival, of, of a move of God. The church is praying. The world is looking for answers. Um, it's it's just the perfect um, wrong wrong um, 
word, I guess, but I can say it's, it's the perfect storm. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Graham McLennan from Orange in New South Wales, I want to thank you for your input today on 2020. And uh, just to pursue what you're talking a little about here, uh, this word revival is important because, uh, Robin, there is a sense in which there are a lot of Christian believers expecting revival, but expecting it from a place where everyone feels good about themselves. Well, I don't know whether revival circumstances happen when people feel good about themselves, but really when they perhaps are gripped by fear and panic and feeling bad about themselves that may well be the sort of uh, the sort of uh, system uh, that revival might well be able to uh, take root in uh, what are your thoughts for the possibilities of revival here well this is the catalyst uh, i mean again you, you can say well if we don't pray we don't get revival but when we have revival we'll pray um, the old you know is it the chicken or the egg but um, one thing's for sure that when you look at revivals over the ages, um, they've, they've always been preceded by prayer. Um, and when revival hits, it increases prayer. Um, and uh, so we, we, we have, you know, uh, desperation right now. We need answers, and the world doesn't have those answers. But the, the community of faith across Australia has the answers. And the answer is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And when that is proclaimed, that brings revival. There is a sense, isn't there, in which when you're in a nation, uh, let's just say Australia, where fear is beginning to rule over the people, uh, then the antidote to the fear, which we would identify as faith, needs to be, in some ways, uh, raised up to a place of prominence. And when people who are in fear have a choice and an opportunity to choose faith, then their fear will be dispelled. And there's a certain sense there in which uh, this whole eternal thing we're talking about, faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel, that all comes into play. Uh, so the opportunities there, the seedbed is, is, is already beginning, that people who are gripped by fear may well be looking to reach out to God because of, his, uh, because of the likelihood that he will be the one who is the answer to their fear. Yes, and uh, let, 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 me, let me say this as, as part of an exhortation to the community of faith across Australia. I'm sure that most are familiar with, with the scripture of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, um, some translations put it fear, but of power, of love, and of discipline. And... I know probably in many church services over the last few weekends that probably has been quoted and, and so on. But my exhortation in the context that we're talking about right now, Neil, is a need for a move of God or a revival or, or whatever you choose to call it. The context of verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 1 is about being bold to, to let the gift that's in you um, be manifest. In other words, it's not just a blanket um, statement about, you know, you haven't received the spirit of fear. It, the context is, is Timothy's faith and the expression of that faith. And I believe Christians, uh, community of faith across Australia, need to take this scripture to heart, that the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, that because of that faith, 
we do not have a spirit of timidity, but we have a spirit of power, and that's the gospel. Paul says that inherent in the gospel is the power of salvation, the love that drives us, the love that, that, that motivates us to display in both word and deed our care for our Australian community. And he says discipline, or another translation says self-control. In other words, be bold, speak, even if the world doesn't want to hear you, even if the world, if you're misunderstood by the world, that's no excuse not to speak, because we have been given a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. It seems to me, Robin Johnson, that if you're going to appropriate this power that comes upon the Christian believer to be able to face the fears, because we're all just as open to the fears as every other single person, but the thing that sets us apart is our capacity to appropriate those things of God. And that is going to come by deepening our relationship with God, uh, because faith is the thing that rises, and it's faith that overcomes the fear. And uh, no yes. doubt there'll be another conversation that we'll uh, want to have uh, over the coming days, and uh, we'll probably come back to that on this program on 2020, uh, talking about fear and faith and the Christian response in all of this. Uh, Robin, I got your newsletter. I wonder, is there a way that listeners can also subscribe to your newsletter? Because uh, you've gone into a whole lot more depth than we've been able to cover in our conversation today. But uh, let's talk uh, where listeners might be able to connect with you. Is uh, the website beyondhere.org.au or millionprayingmen.com? I mean, those are the two that I have as contact points for you. Yes, they have. And those those are the two contacts that that um, if you share those two and they go go to the blog um, spot and they will see that uh, this, this article appears on both those sites. Um, we do have it in a PDF format, um, so people can go to those websites, they can connect with us, go to the um, um, contact us, send us an email, we'll send it to you in, in, in a PDF. And uh, if they don't want to have it off the website, you can, you can uh, get the PDF um, you can share that round. It's it's copyright free. We only ask for acknowledgement where the source was, and we ask you not to change it and put your words in our mouth. <laughs> well, uh, 40, 40 years in ministry, and uh, I know you've been doing uh, blogs and articles like this uh, for all those years, and uh, it'll be good, trustworthy information to encourage the hearts of believers. Uh, let me just, before we have to go, because we've run out of time, just come back to the Facebook poll. How do you think most Christians are responding to the COVID-19 coronavirus with fear or with faith? There's been, uh, I'll tell you, there's 136 listeners have put their vote onto that Facebook page today. 83% say uh, responding with faith. So that means that there's 17% who are uh, who are saying that the people around them are responding with fear. There is something there in uh, that uh, real-life, real-time update on how people around the nation are thinking about their communities. So thanks to everyone who responded to that Facebook poll. And thank you so much to Robin Johnson, the founder of the ministry Beyond Here and the initiative of A Million Praying Men, the Beyond Here website, beyondhere.org.au, Million Praying Men website, millionprayingmen.com. Robin, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a great joy. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 